This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today is my very first episode doing Pop Vouchers alone with a solo episode. Um, because Sam Joe, my co-host, has left the company, and um, we gave him a great goodbye in the last episode. So, you know, if you're interested, you can go listen to that. Um, so today is not exactly how I envisioned myself starting pop vouchers again, because we had plans, you know, maybe find another co-host, um, maybe change the format of the show. But um, things recently have forced my hand, and I really feel like, you know, as a pop culture um podcast that we've been for a long time we're covering you know Asian entertainment um I really felt like I wanted to cover some ground with uh, the topic we're talking about today so today we are talking about the Chris Wu scandal um trigger warning just up front you know there will be mentions of non-consensual sex uh, there will be allegations of underage sex and forced drinking so if this is something that makes you feel uncomfortable please do not listen to this episode and um you know you can find other episodes elsewhere, you know, in our archives. Um, if you've not been following the news, brief introduction of Chris Wu. He's a pop star in China. He's actually Chinese-Canadian, holds a Canadian passport. He is a former member of EXO, which is a K-pop group, a K-pop boy group under SM Entertainment. That's still very big. But um, he left the group fairly early on um, in about 2014. He was one of the... Chinese members of the group, they had quite a few. They had Chris, they had Luhan, they had Tao, they had Lei Zhang. And I think only Lei Zhang is the only Chinese member left in um, EXO right now. All the others have since left and took their careers to China, which is what Chris Wu himself has done. Uh, he's, you know, working as a rapper, singer, actor, and so on. But right now, he has been detained by the Beijing police on rape allegations. So today we'll cover what went down. I would have to caveat here that it will be a simplified version of events because there are a lot, a lot, a lot of news about this. There's a, a lot of developments about this. It's very complicated. I will try my best to give a good, um, you know, I think at least I would try, try my best to give the salient points in what has happened. And then we will go on to talk about the fallout from it, and I guess my own thoughts on what has happened and how it has been framed, um, you know, so let's get into it. Uh, again, you know, this will not be a pleasant um, thing to listen to. There will be uh, descriptions of things that are very, I would say, you know, unsettling. So again, if you're not comfortable with that, please skip us, skip this episode, you know, there are more episodes to listen to. Go listen to Benefer, you know any case. So all of this starts, you know, with Du Meizhu. This is an influencer, a Chinese influencer. She's like 18, 19, very young, you know. Her friend makes a post on Weibo in early June exposing Chris Wu for ghosting Du Meizhu. So this is not Du Meizhu's own post. Her friend is posting this, saying that, you know, my best friend Du Meizhu has been ghosted by Chris Wu. She has, like, been given the cold shoulder treatment and you know they were dating for a bit and he just disappeared this apparently came hot on the heels of the rumors of chris Wu dating somebody else and maybe that's what you know triggered all of this but um in any case uh this friend posted screenshots of those conversations with chris Wu and her own conversations with do major after she was ghosted you know how she's very sad how she can't go to school and so on 
um, Chris Wu brushes all of this off, you know, with a line that sort of like, I don't really know how to, you know, translate it properly in English, but it sort of says like, oh, no, no one is innocent here or something like that. You know, something along those lines that's like, oh, everybody is not that as innocent as you think. Brushes it all off. Things get really, really bad though in early July. Because we thought like the Tu Meiju thing was done, right? It was not. Because Tu Meiju basically in early July accuses Chris Wu of lying and getting young women to drink and eventually sleep with him under the guise of very professional sounding excuses like, oh, he's looking for maybe the female lead of his new MV or looking to sign new artists. You know, um, Chris Wu denies these allegations and this festers, you know, over a few days um, and eventually Tu says that basically Chris Wu has sexually assaulted women, raped women basically, after getting them drunk and that the people who aid and abet him in his actions are his staff, like his managers, and they are all women, you know, to lower the defences of the women being called to drink with him. I think on July 18, uh, Tu Meiju makes a very famous Weibo post, you know, one of the Weibo, many, many Weibo posts in all this whole encounter. Um, but a very famous one is that this is war Weibo post. Uh, it's called the Zhe Chan Wen in Chinese, where she swears to fight Chris Wu to the bitter end, basically. She makes very, very explicit claims here, which sort of go very, very viral because of the way she phrased it. Um, she talks about their sexual encounter. She talks about how he's unsafe. She makes mention of very explicit things in, in their sexual intercourse and that she also says that she has enough evidence on hand to send Wu to jail because of what he has done to other women. Again, you know, Chris Wu would deny these claims. He would say that he only ever met Tu once in um, late 2020, if I'm not wrong. Um, there's also more stuff also comes out afterwards, you know, uh, about how Tu is blackmailing and threatening them. You know, netizens also notice that there are so-called um, ying xiao hao, which are like social media accounts, basically, that are, are very profit-driven, based, very profit-based, and they maybe take money to make sort of fake news or sort of sensationalized news. And, you know, there are netizens who are noticing that Tu Meiju is getting like the brunt of this, like she's getting some like very unsavory um, news about her coming out, you know, and people suspect that Chris Wu was behind all of this, like, that his his team was behind all of this. Um, you know, a lot of things happen in the in the late July timeline, I would say, and it's a lot, but, you know, as I said, you know, I would give you a simplified version of events. So suffice to say that Tu makes these claims, uh, these are claims that she has made herself, that A, she was led to believe that she would be meeting Chris Wu and his team on a job prospect. She was approached by Chris's manager um, for a job prospect, basically. But when she arrived at the meeting, she realized it was at Wu's place and that there were other people around. There were other women, apparently. Her phone was taken away. You know, at the beginning of this meeting, she was plied with drinks. She was made to drink. This is according to her. She later on became unconscious, woke up to find herself in his bed. Um, the implication here is that she had, uh, she had slept with him you know, she had sexual intercourse with him. And she believes, you know, after she wake up that they are dating because Chris Wu basically tells her, oh, you know, I'll take care of you, so on. And he buys her a bunch of stuff as an 18th birthday gift, apparently. And uh, she says they date for a little bit until Chris Wu ostensibly disappears. 
later on the police is involved uh there's a lot of reasons why the police got involved on both sides i think both Tu's side and chris Wu's side made police reports for varying reasons and the police basically get involved and at, this is at the point where um you know, Chris Wu has lots a lot of sponsorships and endorsement deal, deals and so on. And the internet is like rife, right? Like, do they want to get answers? And this is when the police releases sort of like preliminary findings of what has happened. And I think it is at this point that it becomes very clear that Chris Wu is probably not going to be able to come back at all. Because the police verifies Du's account of meeting Chris Wu. So this is from the police in China that Wu's staff member approached Du Meiju to get her to come to a party under the guise of work, right? And then it says that at such meetings, it is common, it is common for Wu and team to take the phones of participants away. The way it was phrased in the police um, you know, release is such that it implies that this is not the first time that such meetings have happened. Okay? It then confirms sexual intercourse between Chris Wu and Du Meiju that it happened. It says that Du and her friend, her friend, if you remember at the start of this conversation, her friend who posted about um, Chris Wu ghosting her in a Weibo post, it says that Du and her friend had a discussion and decided to post about being ghosted by Chris Wu in an attempt to get famous. This is what the police says, uh, in an attempt to be famous. And then it says that Du eventually found a helper, a xie shou. A xie shou is like a ghostwriter, basically, who helped her craft her Weibo post, including the very famous This Is War post. Um, and then... This is where it gets very tricky and this is very complicated and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not the point, but it says that at some point there was a fraud who got in between Du Meiju and Chris Wu and that this fraud lied to both Du Meiju and Chris Wu in order to get money for himself. So apparently he pretended to be a victim of Chris Wu to get close to Du Meiju, to get details of Du Meiju's relationship with Chris Wu and then went back and tried to blackmail Chris Wu and his team, like tried to pretend to be Du Meiju blackmailing his team and so on and so forth. And there's some money involved, you know. So apparently, um, Wu's mother transferred money to Du Meiju because the fraud had asked her to do so. And then um, the Du Meiju eventually gave back the money because she didn't want the money from um, Chris Wu's mom, gave back the money. And that's how the fraud came into some money of his own is very complicated. In any case, um, at this point, at this, this the rele- at the release of this police statement, the police said that they are still investigating the sexual assault and rape charges that Du Meiju has leveled at Chris Wu. Then comes July 31st, which is when um which is the latest news out of this, you know, which is when um Chris Wu gets detained by the Beijing police on rape allegations. So he has been detained um, he basically cannot go home now. He's detained, right? The fallout from all of this is that, um, you know, Chris Wu got all his sponsorships cancelled. This was even before he got detained by the police, you know. Um, you know, a lot of big brands, including brands like LV and so on, cancelled their, um, you know, partnership deals with him and so on. He has an upcoming drama with Tencent Video. It's called Qing Zan Xing. And um, it's actually with a very, very popular Chinese actress called Yang Zi, who has a very like healthy image and everything, but that drama is probably never going to air, even though they spent reportedly like 
a insane amount of money on it and um, you you know you can tell from the cast Chris Wu and Yang Zi it's going to be very expensive it's a period drama all of it has been filmed it's not coming out because you know Chris Wu is just not going to be on TV for a while now uh, or anywhere really and you know he got his account shut down so the account that Chris Wu has on Weibo which had apparently about 50 million followers or so got shut down by Weibo is no longer there his music got cleaned out of QQ, which is a Chinese streaming app, you know, audio streaming app. There were fan accounts who were defending him, who apparently also got shut down. And this is, I'm not sure whether this is just, um, you know, uh, Chris Wu related or whether it's like toxic fan accounts in general, but they got shut down. Um, a lot of things have become quite, I would say, uh, you know, it has become a quite a serious thing, you know, in, in, in Chinese entertainment and quite a turn of the tide in Chinese entertainment, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vouchers so far, do find us on the hashtag Pop Vouchers podcast channel. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look for hashtag Pop Vouchers. Now, some of our episodes are on YouTube as well, so do check those out. Like and rate us. Now, back to our show. Let us continue with Pop Vouchers. Now that you know what has happened, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about my own take on all of this. You know, firstly, um, on the fallout of all of this and how I do hope it will be a changing point. You know, it will be a turning point for Chinese entertainment and, you know, the, the Chinese, uh, the larger Chinese culture in general. And also about fan culture, uh, which has become a bit of a contention, you know, uh, surrounding all these things that's happened recently. And the idea of a perfect victim in a sexual assault case. So firstly, you know, I would just like to say that this is plainly the most obvious and the most successful so far Me Too campaign that has happened in China, which has been very slow on the take up with me Too. You know, Me Too is a movement that started in 2017 with the fall of Harvey Weinstein, a huge Hollywood mogul who apparently, you know, who, you know, not apparently, he has been charged. So who who, who raped women, you know, and um, he was a big, big producer. He sexually assaulted, molested, groped women frequently in his line of work, um, you know, models, actresses, so on and so forth. He would shut down their careers if they didn't comply and so on and so forth, you know, a lot of stuff. And it led to a big cultural shift in the way we talk about sexual assault, in the way we talk about how common and how often sexual harassment is. And a lot of women, that's the whole point of Me Too, right? A lot of women in a lot of different industries came out to say, Me Too, you know, I was also a victim of sexual harassment, of misogyny, of, um, you know, sexual assault, even rape, you know, in my line of work, in my line of life, just trying to lead a normal life. And um, China has been kind of slow to all of these things. You know, if you follow, you know, Chinese internet, if you follow the Chinese zeitgeist, you would know that feminism doesn't have a great rap. And there are feminist activists who get a little bit censored, you know, in, in Chinese in the Chinese internet sphere and so on. And I do hope that this, this thing would become a turning point because the, the zeitgeist is very obviously against Chris Wu and it's also talking a lot more about 
how common this must be, you know, because if there's one Chris Wu, and I don't know how to explain this, but like, in comparison, I'm not, I'm not saying like they are alike or they are, um, you know, operating under the same context, but Chris Wu is not Harvey Weinstein in the sense that, you know, whatever they've done is just really, really bad. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. But Harvey Weinstein was a huge, huge, huge producer. He had a lot, a lot of power, immense power. He won a lot of Oscars. A lot of people won Oscars because of him. You know, he was one of the most thanked people in Oscar speeches behind God, if I'm not wrong. Chris Wu, on the other hand, is extremely popular. But he's not Harvey Weinstein, you know. He's a pop idol. Very, very popular one at that. Somebody with a lot of money behind him. But it's like, if even Chris Wu, who in the grand scheme of things, is not, um, it doesn't, he doesn't sway the industry by himself, you know. He, he's not that, he's not at that level. And if even Chris Wu can get away with this kind of things for years on end, what else must be going on, right? So it's really the, the the idea that there must be more people. And there must be. We, As a woman, you know, you would know that if there's one person who says that she has been a victim of sexual assault, there are more people who don't say it. And so, you know, even Tu Meiju herself in her Weibo post said, I'm ruined because I came out to say these things. So I'm ruined. I won't be able to have a, normal life from now on you know every time i go out i date i try and get married all people will remember is that i've been ruined by chris Wu, but i don't want this to happen to other people you know that's what she said so you know it takes immense amount of efforts for women to step out and say that they have been the victims of sexual assault that they have been the victims of you know sexual and power harassment so i do hope that this will be a turning point in chinese entertainment it will encourage more people to speak out about about things that are unacceptable, you know, about um, this sort of power differentials, about women and men being made to do things against their will, against their bodies, um, to in order to be famous, in order to get a role, in order to get more money, whatever, you know. So hopefully this will become a turning point in Chinese entertainment, encourage more people to speak out. Um, I'm hopeful, but I'm not super optimistic because, you know, I feel that, you know, power structures often protect the people already in power you know it's designed to keep people in power in power so it will take a lot of effort but hopefully at the very least when people do come up with these claims you know netizens are a little bit more empathetic and um you know less dismissive of it all another point is the one on fan culture because it has become a bit of a point of contention within this whole chris usaga there were apparently fans who said oh we can you know, raise enough money to post bill for him and so on, you know. So apparently there are still fans who are supportive of him on social media. But, you know, there are all sorts of people on, on the internet. But it, this is interesting because, um, you know, the Chinese government has been clamping down recently on um, disorderly fan clubs and all like, and they have removed apparently about 4,000 accounts on, on social media that, they say it leads fans to adore idols in a way that is unhealthy or like improper manner. So this 
has become a bit of like a talking point. You know, a lot of people are saying like, wow, but all these fans, you know, doing all these things, they, they're not rational, you know, they're just loving their idols in, in a way that is so, so intense and so unhealthy, you know. And, you know, one thing we need to understand is that the fan industry in China, um, you know, but, you know, honestly, the fan industry anywhere, you know, Korea, Japan, whatever, but specifically in China is a thriving industry with a lot, a lot of money in it, you know. So it's, you know, something that is an ecosystem in and of itself already. And there are definitely parts of it that are very unhealthy. If you want to know more about this, you can go and read our Straits Times uh, Chinese, China correspondent Ao Chingwei's article. Um, it's called Chris Wu Accused of Rape. Some fans offer bail money, others protest his innocence. You can, I will link to that uh, article in um, the show notes later and you can go and read it. And yeah, there are a lot of people who do sort of out of bounds thing, you know, there's stalking involved, a lot of stalking actually, um, you know, fans who track down where their idols are staying, uh, you know, stand, stand outside their hotel rooms, wait for them outside their, um, you know, flights, you know, when they're coming off of flights in the airport, so on, find out where they are filming, whatever they are filming, wait for them as they walk from the filming set to their, to their cars or whatever. It's very, very intense. And as like, this is a bit personal, but as somebody who has been a fangirl, who is still very much like a fangirl at heart, you know, I, I've loved the Japanese boy band Arashi for like 14 years. They're on hiatus. I still love them. I, I spend money on them and everything. Um, the thing is, I, I, I think it's very easy for the internet to, to gang up on fans, especially when they deem them to be doing something unhealthy. And it is a lot of it is not very healthy, but also a lot of these fans are very young, you know, they're like maybe 14 or 15. And I understand that when you're young, um, you know, that sort of intense love for an idol can be very overwhelming. You know, as somebody who has been privy to how ugly some of these things might get, you know, I personally, you know, Arashi was always in Japan and I never got the chance to stalk them or anything. Not that I wanted to, but, um, you know, I have seen the way you know, some fans behave on, on Twitter and some things they say that I'm very uncomfortable with. What I'd just like to say is that you can really love someone a lot, you know, through a screen. I understand that feeling. I really, really understand that feeling. Um, and the thing is, you cannot invest feelings, though, to the point where you lose boundaries for yourself. So be it moral boundaries or financial or time commitment-wise, you, you need to be able to say at some point, this is too much. You know, um, like if you're if you're actively trying to find excuses for rape, I think it's very clearly it's too much, lah, right? So, um, you know, that's one thing I think for fans. It's also very important to remember that what we share with celebrities ultimately is a parasocial relationship, right? They don't know you. They they probably never will know you, and you feel like you know a lot about them. You know, you feel like you see them all the time. You know what they like, what they don't like what has happened in their lives because they have shared stories like that, you know, on, on TV shows, you follow them. Over the years, you know, you, you see them grow up and you feel like you know them. But ultimately, you don't. And of course, I think a lot of fans would say, yeah, I know that I don't know them. Of course, I know that. But like, I was, you have to understand that a lot of what they put up is filtered through a, a lens, right? It's filtered through a performative, there's always a performative element in everything you see that they do. As long as you can see them, there's a performative element. So, you don't really know them. And 
you will never really understand them or understand the context of the industry they are in. You know, I follow a lot of entertainment news because of my job and it's very clear to me that there are dark corners of this industry that are very corrupt, that where bad things happen, you know, and we don't see it because it's not on stage, it's not on screen. So ultimately, we are all human and a lot of people are not perfect. People are not saints. People cannot live up to the ideals that you have of them in your head. So at some point, you have to realize that, yeah, you you can't expect them to be the idol that they are in your hearts because it's very unlikely that they will be able to live up to that in real life. And not saying that you can't like them, you can still like them, you know. But as I said, you got to set boundaries for yourself. And uh, that hopefully that's a message that gets across to at least one or two people out there because it can be very tough when you find out that somebody isn't what you believe them to be. All right, I think that's all I'll say for that. But um, the last thing I wanted to point out, and this is one of the things that I really felt, you know, when I was reading through this story and looking at coverage of it, is that um, the idea of a perfect victim, right? You know, something that really resonated with me was when there were netizens who were, who were quite upset at the way the Beijing police phrased the one of their first statements about how Du Meiju wanted to get famous. And that was why she posted about uh, Chris Wu ghosting her. And then, of course, you know, very, under- very like, predictably, not understandably, very predictably, there were people out there saying, oh, you know, she's just trying to be famous. She wants money. She's, you know, she's not innocent. Huh? This woman, not so simple. A lot of people like that. And these are things that we hear all the time. We hear it in our own comment section you know, in, in the Straits Times and whatever, in our own news in Singapore, you hear people say this all the time. If you have been raped, if you have been sexually assaulted, and in Du Meiju's case, the police have verified her account of, um, you know, at the very least, maybe not the account of her being, being uh, you know, raped, but the account of her having been lied to to attend a party at um, Chris Wu's house, having her phone taken away, um, having having a sexual intercourse with him and so on. There's no perfect victim. There, there, there will never be a victim who has done every single step right. Because what are you asking for when you ask for a perfect victim? Are you saying that, you know, only when you have done absolutely nothing wrong do you deserve to not be raped or do you deserve to not be sexually assaulted? It doesn't make sense, you know. And even if, even if she wants to get famous out of this, even if she wants to get money out of this, why not? If really something so disastrous as rape has happened to her, why can't she seek compensation in whatever form that she wants to, you know, be it money or be it fame? It's not just about victim blaming at this point. It's also the idea of there is no perfect victim. And you can't, and the idea that maybe victims might want something out of this is wrong. It's it's not. If you have been wronged, you want compensation. That's not a wrong thing, you know. I think we need to start talking about that as well. Um, because women always, I think, you know, women victims always feel the need to be like, I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything, you know. And there are always people who say, yeah, but Harvey Weinstein's, you know, victims took took money and signed an NDA, blah, 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 and so on. But they did it because they wanted, if you cannot get justice, can you at least get some compensation? You know, I understand where that that point of view might come from. So 
that's something that I feel very strongly about and I wanted to share with everyone. You know, if you feel differently about this, if you have, you know, other understandings, if you yourself are a survivor and you you feel like I've said something that doesn't resonate with you, that hurts you, you know, I would like you to come forward and share your opinion with me privately, you know, over email and so on. So um, that's uh, all I have to say today, you know. But uh, again, I'll just ho- I just hope that everybody, you know, comes away from this incident being a little bit more empathetic about uh, sexual assault cases. And I hope that, you know, um, things like this don't happen again. They will, but I hope that things like this don't happen again. And hopefully when they do happen, you know, more people come out um, to say that it has happened to them, that people would be less afraid to talk about it and that authorities have a better way of handling these issues. You know, um, clearly they still are not the best at handling it given how they phrase their police release and so on. So, you know, hopefully we would improve as a society, both in Chinese entertainment and our own Asian culture and so on. So anyway, that's your dose of pop culture for this week. It's not exactly how I wanted to start my first Sam Jolas episode, but well, things happen. And as always, you can find me at Genly at sph.com.sg. You can find me at podcast at sph.com.sg. Or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram at Writes. And that's it for today. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.